This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Your intellect won't work in here. It's useless at these depths. Leave your logic on the shore, over by those stony steps. This is a well of all healing. What doesn't heal will continue to bleed. Let your sadness run right through you, though it's very hard indeed. On Leaving All Logic on the Shore and Healing the Heart, poem by Jeannie. Valeria interviews Jeannie Nangle, the author of The Butterfly Silhouette, a parable in verse. Jeannie runs Jeannie Nangle Soul Coach, which offers online education to teach self-love for the mind, body, and soul. In addition, she helps people find themselves again after a change or loss in life. She's an award-winning self-help author and has helped thousands of people around the world love their unique souls. She is a Master of Human Resources and Organizational Development degree from the University of San Francisco and is a Certified Executive Coach with an emphasis in industrial psychology from the William James Institute in San Francisco. For years, Jeannie taught positive thinking habits in hospitals to help teach clinicians and staff to think in ways that empower and encourage them. Furthermore, Jeannie has won multiple awards for her innovative and inspiring books on personal transformation, The Butterfly Silhouette, 12 Principles of Metamorphosis, and The Thought Store, Eight Simple Thinking Habits. Both of Jeannie's books wish to inspire and educate people to be who they're meant to be. Jeannie is passionate about healing this planet by teaching people how to love themselves and be true to themselves by connecting with their souls. Meet Jeannie at JeannieNangle.com. Here's the interview with Jeannie Nangle. In your own words, who is Jean Nangle? Who is Jean Nangle? Wow, that's a great question. I am a mother. I am a, a soul who is here for this time to inspire and educate people to help raise the vibration of the planet. And that's what I can think of now. I love that answer, especially the soul piece. I know it's easy to define ourselves from the experiences we have in this physical reality, but I love when some of my guests, the spiritual reality per se, into play. So how did you discover yourself as a soul and what is the soul from your perspective? 
I read Thomas More's Care of the Soul in my 30s and a light bulb came on. And, you know, at that time I had worked at IBM selling computers, was always very spiritual, but not really connecting with, with it in a, um, in a feeling way, more of an intellectual concept. So I read, I found Thomas More's Care of the Soul and the whole idea just completely captured me. And now I look back and I realize that, you know, the messages that we're supposed to have, the signposts along the way, you know, drop onto our path. That was the case with that book. And I just started thinking about myself in a very different way uh, with a lot more compassion, a lot more imagination, not so tied to my physical presence here as much as what is and that's not completely true. I mean, I was tied to that, but very much just wondering what is my soul here to do? You know, why am I here? And, and Care of the Soul doesn't really talk about that so much. It's, I think, a book about caring for this very still knowing part of you with an open mind. But it started there. Calling myself a soul coach only started five years ago. I was a life coach up until then. But I really am drawn to the idea that we save the world by saving ourselves first and healing our life. And that became all I really wanted to do. That sounds wonderful to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This curiosity and openness to uncover not who we are, but what we are. The idea of the soul that I have been exposed to for a long time. I mean, since I was very young, I remember hearing a lot of stories from the Catholic Church. It started there, and then philosophies, lots of uh, different ideas. Now it has evolved into the soul being this mental, almost like energetic mental activity, whatever we believe in, it's stored there. And then it kind of let's say it grows and evolves after each lifetime. And then those emotions, all the inner energies that has to do with emotions and feelings and thoughts, they keep moving on. So my main question these days is, does it ever end? Do we ever find freedom and peace from coming back to this reality, trying to learn lessons? You know, I see the soul is eternal. I can't really address the question, does it ever end? Because I know that it's eternal. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know that in my human brain, I have the ability to know even what that means. I just know from my standpoint now that only the body dies, the soul lives on, and the soul does come into existence with a roadmap for your life. And, and so I describe it with different metaphors, another one being the seed of your potential. And in each lifetime, you move along that path to step more and more into your potential, but it takes time. And, and some people move more slowly than others, but it's this ascending path. It's a path where you're becoming kinder, more self-loving, more connected to your place in the universe. It's, yes, we do carry the thoughts and the feelings with us as we go along, and those evolve as well. I have a pretty detailed definition of the soul in one of my posts on my website, and it's called, um, I think it's Seven Amazing Ways to Be Soulful, but 
I love this thought, okay, is that the soul is actually imperfect and it struggles, just like we humans do. Well, we humans, like we're separate, we're not, but but it struggles. We each have a higher self that does not. The higher self is like the wise part of us that knows and has the answers for us and knows where we're meant to go. So that is within the soul. And the soul is continuing to struggle. So what's so sweet to me is the self-love piece is that my soul's at this spot. It doesn't have all the answers, but in it's struggling. And so I feel kind of like a comrade in arms with my own soul to like figure this out. And, and I will turn to my higher self to say, you know, am I on track? What do I need to know? I, please give me clarity, you know, these kinds of things. But the soul, I, I guess I would describe it as, um, it is eternal. It's connected to a higher power or bigger power or however you imagine that, but it does not act in a vacuum. It is absolutely connected and it's, it's here for a reason. It's here for a reason. It is not random. Your life is not random and that reason must be realized. And so that's my two cents about what the soul is. It resonates with me, uh, what you say. It's eternal, so it never lives on. I love the way you describe the higher self, because that's the understanding I have of the divine self, which it might be the same thing, the ultimate reality, or God itself. So what a lot of times I wonder, how do we, by understanding the soul's let's say, destiny, can we bring the higher self to manifest in this reality? Can it ever happen, actually? I mean, we have heard of a lot of saints and, of course, some gurus, teachers, spiritual teachers in India, so many people who are so calm, almost like they're embodying that true self, (laughs) the higher self. So it is possible. From what I've read, it is it is uncommon and it is a very small percentage of people, but those individuals, those let's say sages or saints, that they impact millions of people. So they're each here to impact their own part of the universe. And so it is uncommon. I've never met anyone. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely uncommon, but you know, for me, like, I don't strive for that. I, I'm just kind of in my own place and, and in my lane. And I think about that a lot, that this is my lane and I'm riding along and, and, um, and like, I, I don't know if you've heard of the book Journey of Souls, but it's, um, quite remarkable and, and very out there, but it talks about a lot of these things as well. And, and then when I first read it, I thought my mind is so blown. I'm not sure I even <laughs> like this book. I put it down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I came back to it. And the other, the other piece of this that I need to say is that my husband passed away 14 years ago. And when he did, he visited me in a dream. And that's the other reason I know that the soul lives on. So if you've ever, if any of your listeners or you have had an experience with a, a deceased loved one who who you somehow communicate with, that really sells you on that only the body dies and that the soul lives on. And And when they tell you, you have more to do in your life, you really listen, you know? And so that was my experience. And so that is part of the reason why I'm so, uh, I feel such security 
in um, in the presence of my own soul, I think. Yeah, that brings the component of trust. That's what I hear from you. So there's that confirmation, trust. Yeah, that's a great word for it. You're right. And and I think it's interesting that it took, you know, someone I knew on knew here to feel that. Some people, you know, it's something else that makes them have that trust. Or they just are maybe at the point in their own life where they're ready to trust without the physical evidence like I had. <laughs> You know, yeah, I have had those experiences and not from people that are that close to me, not a husband, anybody close to me. Yeah, my ex-husband actually passed away and I had a lot of messages, but also from other people around me who had passed away. Some very sensitive, I guess, to these other realms and I can sense them. But for me, it um, confirmed, of course, that we never die. And of course, the fear went away, but it's still the... The question remains, which you um, said beautifully today. I mean, I don't know if I can say, I can call it beautiful. I have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the soul struggles, still continues to struggle. And that's my question. Why? What can I do? What am I missing here to um, so I can end that struggle? That's such a phenomenal question because the truth is we want to enjoy our life, right? So my answer to that is... I'm going to try to, I think it's very simple, but not easy. I believe that we live in a feeling universe. That's not a new concept. And that we heal through being true to our emotions and being true to ourselves. And so the way out of that, and I have so dramatically changed in this way that I'm speaking to you from personal experience, not, this is not theoretical, but as we show up for what we feel, in a way that we're willing to let it go. As we do that every single day, and it takes years. For me, it did. You know, some people might be ready to have that healing happen sooner. I, you know, it's so individual. But the, the struggle is holding on to the story, holding on to the thoughts, holding on to the victim consciousness. It's believe it or not, we're holding on in some way and not because we're bad or wrong. We're just are. And we as humans have the ability to let go, but it's not easy. And we're all in a different place with our willingness to do that. I mean, that is my, my simple answer is, you know, how willing are you to let go of your pain, your thoughts about it, your all of it. <laughs> and that's not easy to do. And you, you keep saying that because it's not like today I had a friend of mine coming over earlier and she talked to me about her um, sister-in-law lost her her daughter a, a few days ago. Uh, she was Ugh. 27 years old and she just died. I know. And then she was crying and I was like, what do I say? <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. I'm Jewish and there's a book by a rabbi written, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And I mean, I've read that book so many times and, and my own, you know, loss for my sons and, and when people lose a child, which I can't even think about it, I can't make sense of it. And, and maybe we don't need to, you know, it's in whatever sense we can make of someone else's loss, they're going to find their own sense with it. But, but my one belief is this, and I it's even hard to say because I always think, what if that were my my child? Is that it's um, it might be you know 
I actually hate to even put things like there needs to be an answer, but, but in general, and if you, in general, (laughs) these things are, you know, it's part of a bigger plan. I hate that answer, but things are, are not appearing so random. Some things are, I mean, nothing's always an accident or always intended, but the heartache that we have to feel here on earth is just part of this experience. It's why it's so hard here because we fall in love. We love our children more than anything ever. And then we would have to lose them. And even if it's not to, to death, but them to leaving and moving on and, and then we leave them. And I mean, it's just one heartache after another. And that's why I think a spiritual path is absolutely essential because if we're that rooted in our human nature. I just think it's too hard. I mean, for me. I agree. And that was my, the only thing I could tell her. Do you uh, have any spiritual, I mean, does your sister-in-law have any spiritual understandings of herself, of the world? Does she believe in God or anything? That was my question. That's the, not the easiest path, but I, I would say the clearest. Yeah. But even that one, like when I was grieving, When you're in that place, I had to communicate directly with God, with directly with my husband and just say, why, you know, and I had to find my own way through that. And when other people who had lost people came to me and said, you know, reach for God or lean into your sense of spirit. To me, it was just was so painful. I mean, because I thought no one knows what this feels like to me. No one. And so it's really just the listening. We can't help. Ah, <laughs> we just have to yeah. give our presence and say, I love you. My thoughts are with you and I'm heartbroken with you. Hmm. That's it. That's it. I see, Gina. I love that approach. It's very compassionate in an open way because the more we try to kind of insert ideas, we are creating new attachments too. And you know, people who are suffering, they tend to be very open to, some of them do, to mm-hmm. whatever creates the sense of hope. And then now they create this new belief system about something. You just mentioned before about uh, let go. It's, uh, it's the hardest thing to do, but that's what we must do. Let go of the stories, the beliefs. And not everyone's ready for that. They're actually more ready to add more belief systems that will give them hope. Right, right. I mean, there's another great book, if you know, along these lines called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. Have, have you read that? No, not yet. Oh, okay. It's a phenomenal reference for the evolution of consciousness. Mm. <laughs> and that most of us, like he, according to him, like 90% of the world, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's very high, is it a, um, a consciousness of fear and below? And so that's just what it is. And the, in, like you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, the, the few individuals, and I am not one of them by far that are resonating in love. And, and I mean, like all the time, you know, it's a very small number, but as we do our darndest to heal our life, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're healing those around us because we're all energy, right? Yeah, my healing is your healing. I have heard that and it resonated true. And I have heard something amazing by Louisa Ramos, one of my guests. She said, the goal of all healing is to become free of fear. Something like that, paraphrasing what she said. Mm, Yeah. It's releasing all fears, right? That's what she said. 
Yeah, I know. I I guess I don't know if. Um... <laughs> I love the way you are. Huh? That shows a lot of wisdom. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> that uh, that says a lot too. <laughs> without saying. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like because I do have a lot of people that say to me, "How can I stop being afraid?" And I keep thinking, "Well, I don't mm-hmm. know. We're human. How can we not be afraid?" I mean, we can't avoid fear and pain. But if we aren't carrying so much baggage, the fear and pain comes into us and goes a little quicker. Because I like the visual for me is we're when you have really dense energy, picture it as like dark gray, right? And and anything, any more pain that comes your way kind of really attaches like a magnet. As you're on a healing journey and you're really like doing your personal work. Um, you get lighter and lighter and now your that color is, is just this light color. And so you still maybe have pain and you still become afraid, but it doesn't stick around for so long. It's like it's there for a day or two or five, but you're able to let it go. It's not attaching to you for so long. And, uh-huh. and like for me in my own journey, I've never felt lighter in my life ever. And so I'm, it's a phenomenal feeling to just kind of not, I still have fear. I still wake up sometimes trying, (laughs) like, you know, that feeling of you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, oh, I'm scared. But then I'll kind of laugh and I'll go, oh no, you're okay. You're okay. (laughs) Right. And then it just kind of goes. So (laughs) there is a lightness, you know, when, when we talk about the goal for me, it's, um, you know, being able to help raise the vibration of myself and anyone in my life and of the planet. And I think that we do that in a, in a lighter way, not in a heavy way. Yes. Um, playfulness is very important. Right? I love sense of humor. And not even so much a sense of humor, Valerie, as, as much as it is not. Um, and I it, it, am hesitant to say, don't take things so seriously because I have taken things very seriously. And, and especially if anyone's hurting, you're in it. And you have to respect that. But I mean, the lightness being to just be okay with what is. You mm. know, this, lately, I've been kind of working with the whole idea of radical acceptance, the acceptance of what is, what is today, what is the time that's going by, what is, mm. who is here and who is not here. To be able to, acceptance is a very high vibration emotion. And it's actually the thing I'm I'm working on the most right now. Yes, I love that. Being present to what is present, right? Mm-hmm. That creates a sense of joy almost like instantly. Yeah. I noticed I that. Know. Yeah. The more I'm here, I'm present to whatever it is, it's just uh yeah, this relaxation and then joy arises. So this um almost yeah. like a spontaneous lightness, as you call it. But I do enjoy a uh, sense of humor, but not in the sense, uh, let's see, sense of humor. Now of course not making fun of other people, anything like that, but not taking things seriously in a sense of going through a situation and being able to play with it. Instead of complaining, you just kind of make a joke out of it, <laughs> but in a right. light way. My husband right. that, does that a lot. And <laughs> I appreciate it because it makes it, makes makes it, big, it lighter for you. It does, right. One, one way that I practice that is because I have such a history of wanting to rescue and fix people, right? And, and then you realize you can't do that is I always you like this is the soul piece too is I know each person has their own soul's path so I don't attach so much to other people's problems because I know that's their path 
and it's for them to figure out. It's not for me to mm. ease their suffering mm. or to rescue them or fix them. And so I don't take it on like I used to. So there's a lightness in that, that I'm not saying I'm not empathetic and I don't feel it, but not like it used to be like a weight, right? And so that, you know, just trusting, like trusting their soul will figure it out. Their soul will find a way and to even just energetically hold the space for them to have their soul figure it out. Mm. That is a much lighter way to be with people for me. Instead of trying to change them, right? Yeah. Or or trying to lighten lighten them or I can't even tell you (laughs) how quickly I would try to make someone feel better with humor or with, Ah. with some anecdote. And now I just hold the space and I, it's like, and I just do it that way. Mm, Right. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. I don't do it. I'm not good at jokes anyway, but my (laughs) husband, he does when he's going through some physical challenge, whatever it is, he just starts making jokes. I don't know if that's diversion. I think it's called diversion, my psychology. Maybe he's (laughs) trying to kind of escape that, but he's being genuine. Actually, he's just trying to make everything lighter instead of complaining. Then he makes a joke. He knows it makes me laugh. So he does that uh, on purpose, it seems to me. Seems sweet. Yes, right. I love that in him, Jean. And I love what you said about not taking responsibility for other people's suffering. And that's something that I have been doing pretty much my whole life too. Not just uh. trying to help them, but feeling everything and not being, not being able to enjoy life myself. Yeah, I relate with that. For a long time. Now I'm getting better. I'm getting much better. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a journey to do that. And, and I find that I even am so particular about what situations I'm around because sometimes I'm better at that than others. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I'm in a place where I'm going to take too much on, I won't do the, be with certain people or in certain places because I just know I can't, I, I don't want to carry it. I don't think it's fair to me right. <laughs> to carry it. That's, that's the self-love piece. It's not selfish. It's just self-preservation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's beautiful to hear. And it's not easy. Um, for some reason, it seems like common sense, but it's just not um, a common practice. Yeah. The question about destiny. I know you, you mentioned earlier about the plan and that there is a reason for, um, uh, not always, but what is happening now, happening here, there's a reason to be happening. So is that what you call destiny or you describe destiny in a different way? I'd love to hear that. Too. These are really fun questions, by the way. I, I, it's so funny. It's like, boy, I wish we, I, we went go to coffee every day and have these fun conversations, <laughs> right. Oh, right? This gosh. is such a great, great yes. question. So thank you for creating this podcast where people get to talk about these really cool things. Um, my understanding, you know, how I define destiny is the destiny of the soul that each soul has the greatest promise, the greatest possibility for that soul. And that's why I wrote the butterfly silhouette because, you know, that's a perfect metaphor is a caterpillar becomes this beautiful butterfly. So the destiny is what colors you have, your ability to fly, your ability to help other parts of nature because of what you do naturally. And and so the destiny is what we're here to do and the brightest fulfillment of that. Like my emails, I always sign to your full expression because when we're expressing ourselves fully, meaning what's within the soul's ability, that that's our destiny. When we're at the brightest expression of that, now we've reached that destiny. And 
And then, you know, my understanding, this may evolve, is that then we don't come back. We don't come back to earth necessarily unless we're one of those saints that comes down to help millions of people. That resonates true to me. Oh, it does? It does, yeah. Although I keep asking the question, what can I do to stop it, (laughs) to end it? (laughs) But isn't that interesting? Because I'm very, very much interested in the practices or how, what is it that will, that will change the destiny per se, as as you say? Well, that's the, you raise up a, raise raise a really good point. And and thank you for that, that we are co-creators. Destiny is not set in stone. It's the greatest possibility, but as co-creators, we're involved in, in what ultimately happens. Ah. So it's, you know, and Rebecca Rosen is a great spiritual medium and, and she makes it really clear. The future is not set in stone. We are co-creators. I am in love with that idea. And we're creating our life with our thoughts and our emotions and the balls in our court too. We're not like walking this predestined path of jumping off of a cliff. It's not the case at all. I love to hear that because that's what really resonates true to me, right? That we can get to this ultimate potential per se for this lifetime. Mm-hmm, we can mm-hmm. reach that, but we can also change. We can change the course of that and perhaps even take a shortcut. I have been exposed to the idea of shortcuts, not in the <laughs> sense of a spiritual bypass, but in a sense of seeing the truth straight up, like knowing that we are what we cannot even understand with the mind. So it's not really, if we can't understand, that means it's not it. It can't Uh be it. So the mind says, yes, I understand, I get it. But that's not the truth because the truth cannot be understood with the mind. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, at all, because we we only use like, what, 10% of our brain, 3% of our brain. So so we're not, you know, the most evolved, but... um, yeah, it sounds like you want to, like, move on. <laughs> mm, yeah, it really, so, it really sounds like, doesn't it? But, uh, yeah, kind of coming from the mind's understanding, that's what uh, I'm kind of uh, dancing around that realm, like uh, outside of the mind, before the mind, or what is there? One thought I have for you that's really interesting, or I don't, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say my own thought is interesting, but one thing yes. that just popped into my head for you is like, so... If you're like right now, what you're doing is amazing because you're you're having conversations that will absolutely elevate other people's thinking and uh, suffering and all of that. Okay, what if you get better and better and better at that as you Mm. heal, as you become lighter? Mm. So then let's say you get to the end of this path and you pass on. When you come back, you're even going to be better at it. So you're mm-hmm. going to have an, an opportunity to impact even more people at a higher level mm-hmm. and just have a much bigger impact. That's what I see as the path is that as we have more and more a full expression in each life, then we have even more and more and more. And how exciting for those of us who really want and there's many, many millions of people like us, but it's exciting to think that we could do more and more and more. And, and you have spirit guides. So if my understanding is if you wanted to like chill for a while and mm-hmm. just kind of <laughs> <I like that. laughs> hang out up there and, and you know, <laughs> up there, that 
they felt that was the right thing for you, I think you can arrange it. <laughs> ah, I love that. Yeah, I do have those conversations and I, I trust the guidance. I actually trust the wish. It's very strong, this wish to be able to to realize the truth. It's not really to see or to understand the truth, but to recognize it, that this is already what I'm, the mind is looking for, or the mm. body is looking for. It's already it. This is everything. That, I mean, this is amazing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> to, mm-hmm. It's almost like God in disguise. Like everything is God, is that pure consciousness, but mm-hmm. in different forms. And I study Advaita Vedanta, which is a Hindu mm. tradition. Mm. And that's like the end. <laughs> I went to the very end, the last scriptures is Vedanta, which is the ending, the, the last message. So that's mm-hmm. the truth, like very clearly for those who are ready to see it. And you have a desire to know what that is, a very strong wish. Yes, right. It starts with the intellect, of course. It's part of the mind, the intellect, but it's deeper than just the oh, mind. Oh, I believe you. Right. I, I believe you. I, I love what you're saying about honoring the wish because, yes. quite frankly, if you do have that strong wish and you've had it for a long time, it's... I look at it as part of your soul's, your soul is meant to have that wish. Yeah, see, I love that confirmation. Thank you, Jean. Hmm. It needs to hear that in a way. It's almost like it's, we are made of parts, all these thoughts, these feelings, the soul. And, um, and, but then there is that almost the truth that's not hidden. It's right here. But because Mm -hmm. we are so caught up and with the stories, with the belief systems and from past lives and everything, we just get lost in, in it in the story, in the movie. But yeah, there's a strong wish to recognize the truth. It's not really to understand it, but to recognize it. Just smile (laughs) to it. Right, right. I would really trust it. I would really, really trust that. That's my path now. Besides listening to people like yourself, because it's music to me to listen to you. And and your guides are sending you guests to validate probably. And um, it's all part of your path. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm smiling here like uh, you have no idea because it is. <laughs> so thank you for saying oh, yes yeah. to this. I, I, I definitely feel that. I'm not just saying it. I, I really do feel that for you. And, um, you know, and it's so important for us to show up for what we're feeling because, because we're given feelings for in cases like you and I talking right now, like if, you know, sometimes you get the chills or you just get this sense of comfort, or overwhelming warmth. You know, I never discard it. I always say thank you. And and I think that these kinds of realizations we're having right now are like that, where it's meant to happen. And I love you, you being open to it in the sense of saying yes to this because... Yeah, it's a soul's calling. I see that. I can sense it. I just don't know. Like, we don't know with the mind what's the next step, but it's always. So, you, are you Hindu? No, I'm not. I don't take any uh, religious, let's say, stance of being this or that. Actually, I don't want that path of becoming religious and just putting a robe and just become. No, I tried that before, becoming a Buddhist, like a Buddhist nun. Okay. That, the wish was trying to take me on that path, but then I was told that, that was not it. And then here I am with another religion. It's from India too. I don't know why, but something it means looking for the a direct path to truth. That's what it is. It's very hard to see with the mind's eyes, but that's the first 
kind of steps that we follow just with the mind, mm. understanding intellectually. And do you, is it meditation that, that allows you to do that? or Yes, meditation is one, a lot of reading, a lot of attending. They are not ceremonies, but they are talks. Mm. They might sound, they might look intellectual, but they are not. There's a lot of transmission happening when one of these true, let's say, teachers, they're speaking about this ultimate truth. Mm. And I can sense that. It's very clear to me that that's what it is. Even if I'm not, almost like sometimes I'm not listening to them anymore, but it's, mm. everything becomes, um, yeah, as one unified field, everything is God. It's beautiful. There's no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. In the same breath, this is the paradox of life. Mm. That there's no doubt in my mind, but in the same breath, I'm so grounded in day-to-day life and I have to drive my car and other people <laughs> yeah. drive their car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's this, like, we have to do both, you know? Something came to me as an insight about the impossible, that you are the impossible in the sense of the body-mind feeling as if um, they are separate from the truth, from God or higher consciousness or the higher self, as you call it. Nothing separate from that, as you said, too. No, I don't think so. But it's kind of um, uh, letting the flavor of that truth kind of permeate everything that you do, you word the words, you speak, and the things, everything that you do. That's the dance. It's not even a practice. Some people, they do call it the practice. But I think that's the benefit, really, from mm-hmm. seeing the truth, from, mm-hmm. yeah, just recognizing it. Then now it's easy to dance. It's easy to kind of take everything lightly, as you said, too. So yeah. a lot of what you say resonates a lot with um, that dance of already knowing that you are everything. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to your book, Jean, because I, I could just talk forever about these things. <laughs> right? The ad, The Butterfly Silhouette, A Parable in Verse. I would love to hear from you the main intention of writing this book. Did you set an intention? I did not set an intention. This was two years, was it two years after my husband passed away, woke up in the middle of the night. I believe it was my spirit guides waking me up. It was like a stormy night, two in the morning, and I didn't commonly get up in the night. And the book was just there. So I, I hand wrote it out, a version of it, a, a, a very rough version of it. And it all came in like an hour. The whole, the idea of it came in an hour. And because of my husband's role in my life as a spirit guide, I knew that I wasn't supposed to just ignore that book idea. And so it was given to me, like, you know, a lot of people say books are given to them, but I didn't really have the desire or ability to write. Like, I didn't know what it was. And so I decided it was going to come. It came to me in Dr. Seuss rhyme. And so I hired a mentor to help me, you know, turn it into an actual story. And, but the whole thing was a spiritual journey for me. I completely loved it and I dove into it. It was a big part of my own healing. Very, very much so. And, but it's interesting because that was 10 years ago. And, um, uh, my son lived in Brooklyn up in, you know, he actually lives in Brooklyn, but he's on a trip right now. But, um, I was in Brooklyn last summer and I, I decided I was going to go to New York and stay open to what the path was in front of me. So I meditated each morning and I said to my spirit guides, I just said this one question, what would you have me do? And nothing came, nothing came, but I just kept, you know, hanging out with my son and his girlfriend and just having fun and just being present with this phenomenal vacation 
lots of joy and food and drink and all that. I come home like a, and within like a week, I'm contacted by a, a man on LinkedIn and he says, I'd like to help you get your book, The Butterfly Silhouette out there. And believe it or not, I ne- no one's ever contacted me about that. And uh, even though, you know, you'd think a lot of people would talk to self-published authors, but, and I'm like, oh, okay, I just been asking, what would you have me do? And then this comes across my plate. And, and usually I look for three things in a row, right? And so then he says, yeah, I was in um, Brooklyn last week. <laughs> and so he was literally in the same city I was for the same time that I was. So while I was throwing that out to the universe, he was right there and he didn't end up being the person that I was supposed to work with. But the idea was planted in my head to give the book a new edition and to ground the principles in the book. So as it's written now, it's all the parable. It's all in rhyme. The new edition is going to have in prose. So in normal language, what the lessons are. So people I have a lot of people who are grieving want this book. And I guess that, you know, it's funny how a book finds its audience. But because I was grieving when I wrote it, I want to give real practical steps at the back so that people don't have to glean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like the reading lines going, okay, that's fine that the caterpillar was crying in a puddle, but what does that do for me? So now the, the back of the book you know, I'm going to add at the back of it and create a new edition. But but the whole thing has been spiritual guidance, and which I love that place. I live in that place. And and so, yeah, I guess that's the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love how open you are. I felt that um, as soon as we started to talk today. Oh, thanks. Well, I, I really do appreciate that because, you know, I really wasn't for many decades and, um, and I see the difference. This is easier. You know how they say, uh, I've been rich, yeah. I've been poor, rich is better. <laughs> yes. Right. I've been closed minded, scared to death, and I've been open and lighter. This is better. <laughs> yeah. You're a lot of fun, meaningful fun. Wow. So uh, talk to me as well. I know we're almost at the end and I have so many questions here for you and points to make, but I would love to hear about the course. I know you have a course, it's an online course, the 12 principles for living in your power so that you will fulfill your destiny. That's the Metamorphosis course and that's yes. under Jean Nango Soul Coach. So talk to me a bit more about that, Jean. Yeah, I called the course Metamorphosis because um, it's based on the butterfly silhouette. So the butterfly silhouette, there are 12 principles of metamorphosis. The caterpillar starts out with fear and self-doubt and being lost. So she's just lost and confused. And it was me, right? And through her journey through the garden, she steps into her silhouette, which is the butterfly. And so I broke it down into 12 steps. And the course is that. So it's 12 modules, each one is that principle to take you to the next step in your own becoming, you know, finding your truth, stepping into your destiny, you know, it's all of those things. But, but it's the heart of the work is, is teaching people how to honor their emotions, how to elevate their thinking. It's those two things. I mean, really, those are the tools that God has given us is our emotions and our thoughts. And yet we're not good at it, right? Mm-hmm, so so it's, and it takes, and it's because it's hard work, but it also doesn't have to happen overnight. And as you're grounded in self-love and self-compassion, you're like, oh, I, I'm kind of struggling with this. 
but you don't beat yourself up for it, you know? So it's really is a journey through self-love, through self-acceptance. And the driving force is what am I meant to be? You know, what, like for you, you know, you have this wish to fulfill. It's been given to you as your path. Everyone has something like that, that beacon, you know, or, and what is it for you? You know, I have two sons and I know what it's like to be young and like in this complicated world with social media and thinking, where do I fit into this craziness down here? I would love to help people, young or old, find that because I know in that expression of themselves, they'll give the most to the world, make the world better. They'll be happier. It's just a win-win for everybody. That's a beautiful wish to have too. Is that the uh, ultimate kind of goal for you, Jean, with the work you do for this lifetime? You know, I guess, I guess what's true in my heart is joy in the day. So I think each day is better if you're fulfilling your heart, your dreams, that inspiration, but it's not like a goal to help people reach an end, I guess more, and I'm not good at articulating this, I can hear it as I'm saying it, but to help people have the joy of the journey, you know, and that it's not a destiny. And when you become the butterfly, now you're happy, but it's instead, I mean, as we age, we look back and we're like, you know, as hard as that was, it's now so precious to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like even the struggles, not every one of those days, trust me, there's many that I wouldn't want to relive, but many of them, you just honor that, boy, that was mine. You know, that was my experience. That was my heartache. And it's sweet to me now, you know, to be able to be in that place. So. I think actually, as I'm saying it, sorry if I'm mumbling, is to help each person connect with their own soul so that they can feel that presence. And, and, you know, it's a God presence because they're connected. But I like it coming from this individual place and not a God place because there's plenty of people out there delivering a bigger God message. And and that's fine. But for me, like my own truth is my own role in it all. And to not feel like I have to do it for someone else, but I'm doing it for myself. I mean, it has been said that's how we change the world, by changing ourselves. It's yeah. By yeah. trying to change others. And I also love how it's almost like not clear or it's not something that's linear. So it's just not clear. It's one step at a time. I've been a life coach for years and so many people I coach, you know, they want answers and they want relief from their suffering and they they want to intellectualize it. And I get that. I've been there, but I do think that the head could be an impediment to um, you know, let it go. Like it's almost it's like of the right. ego. You know, we all right. have to figure it out. And right. it's like, you know, you're gonna like that's why what you're saying is resonating with me so much, because it's like we're gonna feel our way out really. So we're almost at the end. I do have the beautiful verses you sent to me. I will mention the one that caught my attention immediately is exactly that. <laughs> I think we're just talking about, mm. about it. On leaving all logic on the shore and healing the heart. Mm. That caught my attention immediately. So I'd love for you to read that verse today, if you wish. So, of course, Jean. Oh, Oh, my goodness. I have to tell you, you know, what's so fun is when you love your own book. I oh, yes. just want to do good by it. You know, you just want other people to enjoy. It. OK, 
So that's the caterpillar. She's really sad. She's just lost her mentor butterfly. And she's crawling along and heartbroken. She saw a large puddle to soak all her pain. It was a well of all healing created by the rain. To her tiny eyes, the puddle looked like a lake, dark and foreboding, its contents opaque. Long willowy shadows hovered above this mysterious puddle she was skeptical of. And then a few verses later, but this isn't just a puddle pooling underneath a tree. The caterpillar didn't see there was more a puddle could be. And then her, this is like a higher voice saying to her, your intellect won't work in here. It's useless at these depths. Leave your logic on the shore over by those stony steps. This is a well of all healing. What doesn't heal will continue to bleed. Let your sadness run right through you, though it's very hard indeed. That spoke to me. It's so true. And thank you so much because I even get the chills because I do know this. We're talking about being lighter and living in joy. I know this. When we're suffering and we're in, we're in pain, life's hard. I do want to honor that for people if they're in that place that it's tough, but they, the sadness is so key. You know, I cried like, I can't like 120 days in a row. Like I sat in my closet because my son was so young and I didn't want him to know I was suffering so much. And I just cried. And that was a big part of this is, is showing up for that. And, and the lightness didn't come because I'd cried it. You know, it's, it just took, took time and it took time, but I knew that I wasn't alone in my sadness. And that's why I say a well of all healing. Every human being has suffered. Every human being has lost someone or something. And so I kept reminding myself that I am in that well of all healing. I am part of the human experience of heartache. And I found like my own sense of humanity in it. And for someone who'd always felt very lonely, that was very healing for me. I love to hear that. I was not alone in my own suffering, in my suffering. I brought that to the present moment, almost like knowing that. They, mm. And although I'm suffering now, it's very sad. There's something here that's listening mm-hmm. uh, or it's watching over it, which is ourselves in a way, our higher selves, the divine self. So we are never alone. That's interesting that some of us, and I have felt lonely, but that's because we have disconnected. That alone is kind of sad that we are able to do that too. It's possible to disconnect for something that's impossible <laughs> to disconnect from. I know it shows you how, you know, disconnected we get. But, you know, one thing I will throw out there for anyone who's in that place right now is that you can, whatever your belief system is, whether it's like for me, it's spirit guides, whether it's God, whether it's nature, you know, people don't have maybe a belief in a divine power, but they see divinity in nature. But to say, please show me your presence, help me feel Mm. it in this moment. I cannot do this alone. I can't do it. And I'm asking you to give me, to help me feel the comfort of your presence and then just sit with it. And if it doesn't happen right then, be okay with that. And maybe it'll happen the next day or the next month. But to build your own trust that you aren't doing any of this alone. That's a beautiful message. 
So it is a practice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. I, I get up at five in the morning and the sun's coming up because I because it's so quiet. And I ask my spirit guides to please be with me and to just be with me in that moment. But I've done that for years. And ah. it, that is my practice. Do I do it every day? No, <laughs> but I do it most. And I practice feeling their love and support and presence. And I've had enough weird things happen in those moments where they're giving me validation that they're there. And, you know, like a valance flies off the, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. it's bizarre stuff yeah. like that. But, um, but, you know, we got to show up and do the practices. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it easier. I see that the more we do, the easier it becomes to just be there and become that practice. Now it's yeah. very integrated. Yeah. So that's interesting. When I think also about all the other things that you mentioned, that there's something that you wrote on your website that I really love. You say finding your power includes growing in self-love, letting go of what is hurting or diminishing you and believing in who you are meant to be. So this, of course, self-love, but then letting go of what's hurting or diminishing you. Mm -hmm. So that's a practice that we usually engage in. Yeah, I mean, the question, you know, one question each individual can ask themselves is, what am I practicing? Um, Oh, my God. See, (laughs) I love questions. (laughs) That's why I do this too. What do you love most about being in the human body? Hmm. Experiencing love, you know, to be able to have children and parents and friends and and significant others to experience that feeling of of love and I kind of like the whole I get to figure this out thing maybe it's the problem solver in me but (laughs) (laughs) but I like I like that I'm a soldier on the ground kind of thing and that I get to figure it out you know it's it's a little bit of a game a little bit It's, it's amusing to me it's interesting yeah, I could feel that. <laughs> it's almost like a game. I have heard that before, the game of life. I guess, um, yeah, I used to, it has evolved too. I used to think that way. You know, this is interesting, amazing here and figuring things out. You know, now it kind of evolved into what is the truth? <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. it. I don't want to play the game anymore. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get that. I really do. And I think that's so cool how we're each given like different little <laughs> impulses, you know, like, like for me, like I was given the impulse to want to raise the vibration of the planet. I didn't even know what that meant. I just knew I wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> and I remember it. being embarrassed to even say the word because I thought it's just too new agey. It's too weird. And and so I know that we're given these wishes. I love that word, but for a reason. Yeah, that's it. And that's how this podcast started too. It was guided. Oh, me. That's like my blog. It's like, well, I have a, you know, with a blog, it's my blog. <laughs> You know, and you can read it or not read it, but then it's an amazing form of expression, just like what you're doing. So, yes, right. See, that's, um, yeah, that we are being guided. And oh, yeah. It's beautiful to see more human beings open to that, being open to being guided. So, let's see. I have a, a technical question for you, but before that, Jean, I want to thank you again for your beautiful presence. 
as I have sensed before, it's very open. You're, you're a lot of fun in so many ways. And your message is very deep from the perspective that you have of the soul, which I, I understand with the mind and without the mind <laughs> and beyond mm-hmm. the mind, it, it resonates true. And this beautiful intention to help others and to make this reality a more peaceful one. I think that's what we are trying to do. People that I talk to here, we are yeah. trying to do that in our own way. So thank you for being open. Oh, thank you so much. That is, it's an honor and a thrill for me to even have this conversation. So thank you for you and your podcast. It'll be great for you to let us know what's the best place, the best way to access your work, what do you do, your message. Okay. On the internet, just uh, go to my website and it's jeannangle.com. So J-E-A-N-N-E-N-A-N-G-L-E.com. And in particular, my blog, go there. I'm posting different ideas around these things we've been discussing every single week. And I would love to have you visit me there and, and read. That's where. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile. Thank you again, Jean, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jeannie Nangle and her work, please visit JeannieNangle.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.